Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Laura Mosley. Thank you for joining us today, Laura. Thank you, Dion. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Awesome. So, Laura, if you don't mind sharing a bit about yourself, about your story, and with my listeners, that would be great. Okay, no problem. Again, my name is Laura Mosley. I'm from Indiana. I'm a single mom of three. Two of them are adults. One's a teenager. And um, I am a survivor of sexual and domestic violence. Um, Over 23 years of it, actually. So um, what I do now is I am a customer service uh, representative for a social service organization. And I try and help people that way. But um, in my spare time, I also um, have a blog called the DV, as in domestic violence, uh, the DV Walking Wounded. And I also have an inspirational Facebook page to kind of help uh, people that have gone through it or are currently going through it. And I also assist connecting um, domestic abuse victims and survivors with um, advocacy groups. Wow. Um, 23 years. That's a long time. So It is. And a lot of times when I, you know, I don't, it's not something I talk about, I guess, every day, but when... Um, people need to hear my story usually I get asked well why did you stay that long or um my favorite is well what did you do to deserve that well why did I stay that long I think is the uh, question that a lot of survivors get asked honestly we function on hope that the person that we love so much really is sorry really will change but they they just don't and um what did I do to deserve that I didn't do anything. I mean, you know, marriage is about give and take. People make mistakes. People succeed. And um, it's all about tagging each other in. And that was just not there in my marriage. When you're you're married to what's called a narcissist, they don't feel anything for anybody except themselves. So it was probably 10, 15 years in before I discovered that's really what he was. It really wasn't me. I really wasn't that imperfect. Um, it was him. Wow. And yet we don't. You don't go into that situation like, oh, I'm just like you don't think like, oh, I deserve this to happen to me. I mean, we all have different perceptions of what we think love is, and obviously, you didn't go into that thinking that you were going to be abused in that type of way. You went into it thinking I'm going to be with someone that I love. Exactly. I mean, you know, in the beginning it's, it's, it feels like a, like a fairy tale. I mean, they, they do what's called love bombing. They just, you know, shower you with compliments. Oh my gosh, you're the most beautiful thing I've seen. You have a beautiful soul. Um, you know, I've never met anybody like you flowers, gifts, you know, you're just totally blown away, opening doors, um, fixing you dinner, uh, taking care of you when you're sick. And you're, you're just like, wow, I think this is my soulmate. And they win you over. And once they feel like they have you, that's when 
the abuse starts very slightly and just escalates as you go on. But then once you feel like, oh no, I'm, I, I can't do this, you, you get this feeling of being trapped. But no, you're right. You don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to change this guy. He's just abusive and I've just, I've got to change him. No, you go into it going, wow, this is like the perfect person. I can't believe I found this person or, oh my gosh, he's just so humble. He's just so giving, I, you know, that's what I'm looking for. And they're, they're just not, they're just chameleons is what they are. They're good at masking. I think, I think they wish they had that, but they just, they just can't fully embrace it. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at least for myself, I, because I'm in my 20s, we all want that person to, like, that, we all, what's the word I'm looking for? We all want that type of intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that validation, like, oh, I have someone to come home to, or oh, I have someone to spend Valentine's Day with. I'm just going <laughs> off the cuff here because Valentine's Day was yesterday. Exactly. But, um, so, and I can understand the whole feeling trapped or something because, I mean, I'm 25 and I'm single, but I do feel like, um, as females, we do have a tendency, or at least for myself personally, have a tendency to get trapped in that little bubble of desire in a way. Mm-hmm. Because we all want that comfort and that validation that, oh, I'm finally with someone who's going to treat me well and give and treat me like a queen and everything. But because we seek that comfort and validation, we tend to ignore things that we really shouldn't ignore. Exactly. Well, uh, I know that it's not all, I don't know. Go ahead. No, I'm listening. (laughs) That's okay. What, what I was going to say is a lot of times though, once, once you kind of realize, Whoa, this isn't the same dude, you know, whatever the case may be, this isn't my same partner. Um, maybe it's me and as I think as a woman I mean I know a lot of women like this and it might not just be all women I'm sure men probably think this too Ooh, what did I do did I do something wrong um are they just not interested in me and we start turning that inward um and you know but I noticed when I got communicative like what on earth changed what did I did I do something are you mad about something did then you know, they know they kind of have you when you start going, Ooh, maybe it's me. I better change me. I better change me. Not what in the world is going on? Because when you get community, when you, when you start communicating and going, no, I don't think that's right. Then they start getting angry or they start, you know, kind of lashing out, which I think is a defense mechanism to scare you back into submission. Um, but I think a lot of times we do that, just start going, oh, it was me. I did something. What did I do? It's not you. Um, I mean, in any relationship you want to communicate, they, as a narcissist, being in a relationship with a narcissist, they don't want you to communicate. They want you to submit and question yourself, not them. So, um, all of their actions kind of go towards that. But, you know, it's funny. I've noticed in all of the, the victims and survivors that I've talked to, how much of a codependency issue this has become where we think, oh, I can't be without someone. Uh, I have to have this person. 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm always advocating working on a relationship and, you know, if, if it's, if it's workable, but you can, you can be by yourself and get to know yourself and it, it's not a bad thing. You know, it's funny because when you're single, you probably have a lot of friends that go, Oh, I can fix you up with so-and-so. I don't need fixing. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I can really, I certainly have those friends who are always trying to hook me up with people and stuff. But um, I think this year, maybe because of the pandemic and the fact that our world was actually forced to slow down and reassess its priorities and values, really because we had no choice. I've realized that, um, like, for instance, starting this podcast and exploring different gifts that I have and talents and just being a real advocate for um, being a, a voice for the good of mankind and everything that I realized I wouldn't have been able to make such an impact or help others the way that I have been if I was in a relationship. (laughs) So I think being single, as crazy as it may sound, um, is probably the best point in your life where you can actually really fully discover who you are. Are you still there, Laura? Hello? Oh. Laura? Hear me? Oh, I got worried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> My fault completely, I think. I'm sure I pressed a button that I shouldn't have. <laughs> well, it's still recording, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta, gotta love the interwebs, right? Yes. Um. <laughs> well, uh, what I was saying is the best example of being single and and, fi- and like rediscovering yourself that I that I give to people is that that movie with Julia Roberts in it, The Runaway Bride. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh yes, I love that. Where movie. she would like conform to whatever guy she was engaged to, and she when she finally was by herself and figured out what she liked and what she didn't like and who she was she was more comfortable with herself and I think that you have to do that in order to be in a relationship period you have to really know yourself yeah that's what I was I guess I was I was telling you that (laughs) in between the silences that um being single is probably the best point in your life. Um, I've learned that I've been able to make more of an impact through my gifts and talents and starting this podcast and helping others and talking to incredible individuals like yourself and just really have been able to use the power of my voice for good in a way I never thought capable. And I realized that wouldn't have been possible if I had been in a relationship with someone. So I completely understand your point of view and being single and using the Julia Roberts runaway bride as an <laughs> awesome metaphor. Yeah, I think that probably sums it up, you know, better than anything I could explain. But, uh, you know, I think during the pandemic, it's given us a time to kind of reflect on different things that we want, that we need 
that are important, but um, that's why I've been kind of um, doing more with my advocacy at this point. I mean, I am in a relationship with somebody that I um, just was excited. I, you know, kind of had to go into myself and say, you know what, God, if you want me to have somebody, you're going to have to drop him in my lap because I'm busy. <laughs> I got stuff to do. And he did. So, you know, that's good. And he's very supportive of, of everything that I do, which is so unique because, you know, I'm blown away. I'm like, wow, there are men that really like that. That's great. Um, I didn't, wasn't married to one of those, but that's great because when you're, when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, regardless of what, you know, what kind of relationship that is, it's all about them and you lose yourself in them, supporting them. And it's very exhausting. And that's not what relationships supposed to be when you're in one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, condemning people in relationships or condemning people who are single. I think you have to do what's true to you. And that's what I advocate. As long as people are safe and happy, really, you know, whatever they, they need to have in their lives. And as long as it's legal, of course, um, (laughs) then, you know, I, I, that's, that's what I want everybody to find, you know, seems like it used to be such predefined roles. You know, you have to do this. You have to get, you know, go to college. You have to get a job. You have to uh, get married. You have to have children. No, you don't have to. I mean, yeah, that was the, that's kind of an ideal order to do that in if that's what you want. But, um, because you definitely, the more money you have before you get married, before you have children is definitely a good thing, but you don't have to do that. And everybody, the only person that a person should be in competition with them is themselves. And, you know, I, I don't think that, I think in the days of social media, we're so busy going, oh, wow, she has this huge engagement ring and she's married and I'm single and, oh, you know, or, oh, I'm, you know, they look so happy. Well, they could be in a domestically violent relationship and you would never know it because that's what I did. I showed all the good stuff and people were like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Well, yeah, I didn't really want you to have an idea about this nightmare I lived in. So... You know, you just kind of have to be careful of that, but. Right. And I can completely understand. I think, and I tell this to everyone um, that I know, social media, eh, what you see is just really a facade. Exactly. It's a mess because they don't want to show any sense of vulnerability whatsoever. Right. Right. And, 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 I mean, social media is good and it's bad. You know, it's definitely good for business yeah. and it's good for me keeping up with my long distance family and it's good for me making sure my children aren't getting into trouble and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But, it, you know, there's so many times when people show this really happy, you know, picture and you really hope for the best for, I do, I mean, at least, I hope for the best for people. I mean, I guess it could be somebody that you don't like that you're watching and if that's the case, you should unfollow them because that's not healthy. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, that keeping up with the Joneses is not healthy. It's, it's actually very destructive. So I learned that, you know, I'm going to have to unfollow people or at least take them off my wall, um, you know, because I'm very envious of what they have or I feel like I'm comparing myself to them and I really shouldn't. You know, I'm happy for them. So, and I've noticed how much simpler my life is when I do that or sometimes when I come off of social media completely but um, 
you know, I guess we're kind of getting off into a tangent, but I think that that's very under talked about. But I know when I was in my domestic uh, violence relationship, that's all I showed is the happy parts. Um, because you want people to think, oh, they're doing well. She's happy. She's healthy. Because all I could really worry about is me and mine. Um, I didn't want to have, you know, I didn't want the drama to be any bigger than it already was. But unfortunately, that's a lot of times the case. So it's like um, the different posts that I've seen about depression and they show posts with Robin Williams and um, Anthony Bourdain, you know, that have committed suicide. You never know when people are unhappy. So always check on your happy friends too. Um, make sure that they're okay because you never know. Right. And I can understand um, how the social media and what we're talking about sort of coincide with mm-hmm. each other. Um, I used to well of course I'm a grown adult now but I used to post like everything on Facebook 24-7 but um, as I got older um, I realized I really don't have to post every single moment like people really don't care that I'm eating popcorn and watching a movie <laughs> but um, I, at least for myself personally I try to post things that I feel sort of matter mm-hmm. like um for instance, um, just to give you a little background into who I am a bit, um, I got diagnosed with diabetes about a year ago at the start of the pandemic. And normally, I'm not going to lie, that's something I would make it a point to post about maybe, but it wasn't just like, oh, I got new braces or something. It was a health condition, a health condition I didn't expect. So instead of actually posting it, I literally, and I didn't even even talk to anybody in real life about it, really. I waited a good two months or so, two or three months before I actually announced that particular news to anyone. Because it was personal and it didn't really need to be broadcasted, but I like to tell people what's going on with me. Right, right. So I decided to, you know, I'll wait till I'm comfortable sharing this and that I'm comfortable with it. And now going a year into being diabetic, I have no problem sharing the harsh realities of being diabetic. Um, I posted a picture of me in the hospital bed looking like a skeleton and then another photo on the side of it with me all smiling and everything. Like, obviously people don't want to see me all skeletal and everything but it's because of that harsh reality that's helped shape me into who I am exactly so I try to post stuff that matters in a way and I'm getting my topics mixed up a bit but you get the gist I feel like if you're gonna post something I feel like it should serve value to it if that absolutely i i you know i learned and it's i know we got off to a tangent but it's kind of, it's actually very relevant because if you look at my facebook page all you'll see is cute little puppy videos cute baby videos i support veterans and and you know the country and um oh gosh you know funny things inspirational things 
stuff like that. Well, there for a while, after I got out of my relationship, I was posting things about domestic violence. You know, I'm against it. I'm an advocate for, you know, survivors. And well, when you've been married or been in a long-term relationship, um, you have together friends and people that I thought were, you know, I mean, and you can tell, you know, pretty soon after the breakup, whose side friends have picked. And that's, you know, I never asked anybody to choose a side. You know, if they wanted to be my friend, they wanted to be my friend. But I learned very quickly that my ex had spies amongst my friends. And so you couldn't, I mean, you don't know that I'm in a current relationship. You don't know that, you know, every once in a while I'll post about my teenage son because he's, you know, five foot nine and 200 pounds and nobody could kidnap him if they wanted to. I mean, you know, but, (laughs) you know, I might post that, but, um, you would never, you would never guess what's really going on in my life. You just go, wow, I love that. She posted, I'm going to, I'm going to share that. But, you know, he would use those spies to let him know what I was doing or not doing. And I don't know how we ever stalked people before social media, but that is very, something people need to keep in mind. You know, if you're, if you have an emergency protective order or an EPO and you had together friends, be very cautious about what you post. Post, you know, don't, don't post where you're at, what you're doing. I know you can do it after the fact. That's not so bad, you know, but, um, don't because people don't realize social media can be used in court. Um, people can stalk people through what they post. I mean, I love my sister dearly, but she would post what she's eating and where she was at at the current moment. She used to do that. She doesn't do that anymore. Because I said, I, I messaged her and said, wow, I could walk right into that restaurant and stalk you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't do that, please. Because people don't realize, you know, it, social media has like location markers on it and, you know, timestamps and things, you know, yeah, we want to be social and we want to share fun things, but you just have to be really careful about what you share. And like you said, you found out you were diabetic and (coughs) excuse me, you had to, you had probably had to absorb that and soak that in and see how you were going to deal with that first before you let anybody else know about that. So Right. And I think that's a good thing. So I guess my experience prompted me to create my inspirational Facebook page called the DV Walking Wounded, where I post inspirational things about abuse and stalking and, um, you know, narcissistic relationships and things like that for people to go, oh, yeah, that was totally me. I mean, along with the National Domestic Violence Hotline number and things like that. But so that way I could post all of that stuff there and my the little the little people that I've finally weeded out that were tattling on me to my ex didn't have anything to tell him (laughs) which is really bad but I want to help people that are specifically looking for that help and then meanwhile you can look at cute puppy or baby videos on my Facebook page if you're my friend (laughs) you know (laughs) or occasionally really good recipes just it just varies but, you know, I, I had to kind of compartmentalize myself, which I had to do in my relationship, too, in a way, in order to feel safe. Um, but I urge people to kind of take a look at their social media. I mean, you know, we've got cute little babies out there. And I know that's how I keep up with my <clears throat> my nieces and stuff. But 
I mean, even people posting kid pictures have to be careful these days with, you know, child trafficking and child pornography and things like that, because you don't want any of those pictures showing up on that. (laughs) So if you, um, you know, if people want to share, they need to make it, make the picture not copyable. And there are ways and inside of social media to do that. Um, you know, and maybe not have those shareable that you just see them, you know, if, if your friends and family can go to your page and see it, then they've seen it and, and oot and odd over it and nobody's stolen it. But the same thing for, um, I think, um, people that are in domestically abusive relationships, you know, if they're being stalked, if they have emergency protective orders, they really need to be cautious on what they post. <clears throat> All right. Um, we can talk about. Oh, this is a wonderful conversation. <laughs> Even though I talked for a good ten minutes and I didn't have a clue, you couldn't <laughs> hear me for that part. But, um, is there anything else you care to share? Um, before we wrap up here. Um. Well, let's see. Um, I, I'm working on a podcast myself. I'm just kind of trying to figure that out. Um. And yeah, with the, with the help. And, and it's basically, it is also called the DV walking wounded. And the reason that I picked that phrase, usually that's associated with veterans and I'm not taking anything away from veterans. They <clears throat> dutifully served our country and I'm very proud of that. But I mean, when you're in a domestic violence relationship, you are in a sort of battle every day. You're in fight or flight mode all the time. So that's why I thought it was very appropriate and I put the DV in front of it. But I'm my podcast is going to kind of serve as, you know, here's how to do a safety plan. And, you know, um, you know, I realize, you know, when you get out of a relationship, you don't have a lot of money because you used to have together money or they used to take all of your money. Here's how to save money, you know, and, and not break the bank, you know, just things like that. How to, how to, you know, contact an advocacy group, things of that nature. And eventually I'll have guests on there as well. But um, just to kind of help people, you know, and make them short and sweet because, you know, when people are fighting for their life, essentially, they don't have a lot of time to listen. They don't have, um, they're watched at all times. So I try to make things as safe as possible. Um, I'm also trying to write um, some books. Um, I write for um, a magazine that's awesome. It's about domestic violence called Scars of Survival. I, uh, I'm just trying to do my part. You know, I had so many people help me get out of my relationship that I feel like, you know, I'll do whatever I can do to help to give back. And, you know, anybody can contact me or, you know, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is an incredible resource. Um, I know Indiana has one <clears throat> as well. I worked with Safe Passage and Turning Point, and they're both awesome organizations. Um, they are all about safety and security and privacy. So, um, you know, just during this pandemic, there have been so many deaths because these people are shut in with their abusers and a lot of times abusers maybe lost their job, have limited hours. So they have more and more things that make them angry and then they're stuck at home with their victim to take out their frustrations on. And that ripples into 
children if they have it and pets and things like that. And this is a really serious, serious issue that I feel only gets to see the light of day in October when it's National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And that's all the time. And it can be women abusing men. It can be men abusing women. It can be, you know, same sex partners. It doesn't matter that abuse is abuse. And I know when abuse um, starts to go outside what I would consider traditional roles, men and women, I know law enforcement don't know how to handle it, but domestic violence advocates do. And I urge people, you know, no matter what their relationship, to seek them out if they can. I'm, I'm getting choked up over here. Oh, that was incredible. Uh, you're just such an awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how much reflection you do when you're stuck and inside yourself. And I, I, ha- I was lucky I have, I have ADD. So my mind constantly kept going while I was being in an abusive situation. How would I get out? How would I help people? How, you know, even, and even when I was scared to death and, and by myself, you know, the more you help people, the more you help yourself. And this has been very healing for me. And I don't mean that to sound selfish, but I guess in a way it kind of is. But, you know, it's amazing the people that you meet when they they go, oh, my gosh, me too. No, I don't think it's selfish at all. I truly feel like we benefit from all of the experience we all the experiences we undergone in life. Like I've gone through so much struggles and health deficiencies. So being diabetic wasn't really a stretch and any person could have easily been negative going through the experiences I've gone through, but they made me into a better version of myself. They shaped me into who I am. So I don't think it's self, when you say it's selfish, I don't think it's selfish at all because because of that experience, you're, willing to use that to help others and to save probably possibly save someone's um life in a way from a really volatile relationship so it is not so i appreciate that i mean you know i've always said if i can save one person you know it's definitely worth it um you know I, i'm lucky um the, the the night of my incident or the day before he he shot at me didn't hit me thank goodness but I, you know, I've, people don't realize the health issues you have to deal with after the fact. And, um, you know, I have anxiety, I have PTSD, I have fibromyalgia, I've lost hearing in my right ear almost completely. Um, you know, and, and I have a traumatic brain injury. You don't realize that. And, you know, people go, oh, I think verbal was worse than physical. Well, I would agree once I, you know, when I was going through it, but now that the physicals come back to haunt me, it's, you know, definitely a daily reminder of what I went through, but it's still, I just, I don't want to see anybody go through that. If I, if I can save at least one person that, but unfortunately with this pandemic, more and more people are dying and it just makes me sick seeing on the news, you know, somebody died at the hands of another person because they were trying to get away. And, and that's what people need to realize Yes, it's dangerous when you're in it. That's why people tend to go back because they can deal with that. Because when you're out of the relationship, that you don't know what what they're thinking or doing or plotting. And it can be bad. That can be more dangerous than actually being in it. But 
Um, I know if I had gone back a final time, he probably would have killed me. So I'm not, you know, I try not to visit that too much, but, and I don't stand on the street cor- corner going, Hey, I was, a th- I was an abuse. Come talk to me. But if I feel like somebody needs to hear my story, they're going to hear it. Um, you know, if I feel like it's going to be helpful, um, then that's when I choose to, to use that superpower, I guess. <laughs> so. Well, Laura, thank you so much for sharing your a bit about your story and your and oh, I'm getting choked up here because this was such a good conversation and I don't <laughs> want it to end, but. <laughs> We all unfortunately have to go back to reality outside of this awesome podcast, unfortunately. So um, thank you for joining me today. This was really an inspiring conversation. Well, thank you for having me. me and I really appreciate it. And you're doing a great job, um, you know, spreading positivity because, you know, happiness is out there, you know, for people to find. They just have to choose it first and then it will find them. So. All right. Um, and to all my listeners, um, stay safe, stay healthy, and hello, warriors. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast episode of Words of Heart. If you or anyone you know is going through a volatile relationship, please do not hesitate to reach out to the domestic hotline, which will be listed in this episode, or to my guest, Laura Mosley. Because again, whatever it is you're going through, I want to help you. Just like Laura in my podcast interview wants to help you, I myself want to help you and be there for you as well. Because at the end of the day, no one should have to go through anything alone. Don't be silent. Don't bottle up your emotions. Speak up. Trust me, there are people who care about you and want to help you. You just have to let them in. If you are going through anything and want to reach out to me, you are more than happy to do so. My Twitter handle is heartwarrior24. Again, my Twitter handle is heartwarrior24. And if you would like to reach out to me through my Facebook page, you are welcome to do that as well. My Facebook page is called Words of Heart Podcast. So you are welcome to reach out to me through that platform as well. Again, I want to be here for you. I want to help you because at the end of the day, no one should have to go through anything alone. So to you, my warriors, I hope you have a wonderful day and remember that I am always here for you.